dum, 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 dum. <laughs> Let's get ready to rumble. I love it. Hey, how are we doing today? Did your, did your teams win this weekend? Any losers in that? No, I'm just kidding. No. We're so glad you're here today. Just want to let you know you need to bundle up because the cold front's coming in. That's what they say. Two days of Hallelujah. winter in Texas. Two days. I love it. Two days. I love it. You know what else I love? I love this church. I do too. I, I love, this is my lovely wife, by the way. I mean, like I'm going to say my ugly wife. This is my lovely wife. No, just this is my lovely <laughs> wife. Fluffier, but I'm not my ugly. lovely wife, uh, Angie Brown. She's our women's pastor around here. And, and I just, listen, we, we wanted to just take a time today to let you guys know how much we love serving this house. We love serving as your pastors. And you guys are some of the most gracious, long-suffering people on planet Earth. And uh, it is just a joy and an honor for us uh, to be here. It's, these are fun times. It is. Hey, it that, is. that women's conference is coming up, though, too. I know that it that's is. one of the fun times. Hey, let me say this. She didn't tell me to say this, but I'm going to say, hey, dudes, listen, I want to I encourage you. Listen, remember, they're your kids also. Yeah. Preach. Say that again. So maybe this next weekend we can man up. And take care of our kids. I know it's deer season. But there are going to be other weekends that you can go. Hey, I have a word. I believe if oh. they wait, if they give bigger their bucks, wives, if they give bigger, their wives, oh, sorry. If they give their wives the opportunity to come to conference, what? it's a first fruit. Ooh. God's going to bless you with more hunting. Come on, big bucks. Big bucks. <laughs> big bucks. No whammies, no whammies. Hey, but no, but that women's conference is going to be off the chain. There's so many things Just like that coming up. We're Just getting say ready radiant. for lighting, radiant. radiant. We're getting ready for lighting oh, of the trees and so many. We got mission groups that are headed out next in the next couple of weeks overseas to yeah. preach the gospel and serve. I just, I, it's a good time a to good be time. in the house of the Lord. It and, is. And and I love you know, God has done so much. Mm. When you look around in this room, you can see miracles yeah. over and over. You can see how God has used people for his glory. Yeah. And I believe that there is more to come and that each of us have an opportunity to be used by the Father in a yeah. way that we never dreamed possible. Because yeah. it's, a, it's a new, I just believe like every day we get up, it's a new day, right? Absolutely. And so God has something else for us. If we're still breathing and we're still standing, even if we're not standing, yeah. God has something. He's not finished if he's we're not still finished here. If we're still he's not here. finished, right? So yeah. I love that. The, you know, hey, one of the things, and this wasn't scheduled or planned, but uh, we're going to do it anyway. It, it, listen, if you're a guest here today, I just want to apologize right now. Those of you that have dialed in on the internet and that are watching us, I'm going to apologize right now. Give you permission. If you want to find another church and pastor to watch right now, be okay to do that. I just, you just, I just go places and I do things sometimes that aren't planned. It's gone off script and that's okay. I like to think that I'm Pastor Gary. I'm gifted and talented and can handle a lot of things circulating in my mind, right? They put letters after people like me, but that's okay. I'm gifted. Unique masterpiece, right? Yes. But uh, hey, one of the things that also excites me about our church is, Kendra, would you come up here real quick? I want to ask you to come. This is Kendra Hodgkin. Everybody say, hey, Kendra. Hey. 
If you have been a part of the Radiant Sisterhood any amount of time, you know Kendra and you know how God has used her and, and uh, in, in this church. Kendra and her family, this is her husband, Charles. They've been in our church for a little over seven years now. And, and Kendra has stepped into the role of executive director of operations for us. She is the EDO. And here's what that means. I don't know what that means, but it means this. She takes care of us and makes sure that we're moving forward in a healthy manner. She resources our staff so that we have everything we need in order to accomplish the mission that God has for 1910 Church. Many of you know that, that Randy Graybill kind of served while we were away this summer, served in, in that role. And Randy stayed on a little bit longer than what he really wanted to. He's now, <laughs> ministry's hard. He, he's been in ministry therapy for the last three weeks. He needed a road trip to clear his mind and, you know, flush some stuff. But, but, uh, but Kendra has stepped in and, and she's organizing us and keeping us moving forward in a healthy manner as a, as a church. So all things, you know, operational, all things when it comes to keeping us accountable. Uh, she's in my office a lot because I just need help. I just, I got, need some focus. I need some ginkoba, some echinacea or something to keep me focused on task at hand, right? But Kendra is a blessing and, and, and Kendra, just so people can get to know you a little bit bit more. What's your husband's name? Charles. Where did he go to high school? Uh, Odessa Permian, Go Mojo. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was trained. Um, yeah. Where did you go to high school? Castle Hills in San Antonio. Ooh, the Eagles. The Eagles. Soar Eagles. Yeah. Isaiah 40, Did you graduate? Yeah. I did. You did? In the 90s. Like yeah. on time you graduated? Uh -huh. Okay, good. Yes. Just checking. Yes, I, on time. It doesn't matter how you I'm start, it's how you finish. That's right. Right? Tyvee fight. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Right. Yep. Um, hey, who's your favorite pro football team? Dallas Cowboys. Oh. Go Cowboys. Come on, blue and silver. Come on. There no will temper. be a, we will have altar ministry yeah. at the end of our gathering today for those that need to confess some things. We're changing the house. Who's your favorite college team? Oh, the University of Texas. Hook em horns. Thank you. Yeah, we're rare around here, but that's okay. It's good this to is, stand this out. Is, this is a bad idea, isn't no. it, Pastor Mark? Thank you. This is really a bad idea. So... Hey, why did you step into this role? Because you were just, you were like these guys. You, yeah. you serve and you attended, but, but why are you serving? What, what excites you about this? Um, well, first, you know, it was a, a push from the Holy Spirit, an unction from God to, to step in and, and fill a need, which we can all do. Um, you don't have to um, be on staff to fill a need here in this house or to be on the team. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus hey, hey. And, and find that piece of you. Because you know what? I'm an organizational person. I love systems Ugh. and processes. If you need me to come organize your closet, I'll do it. I love it. I'm the That's worst at that. Yes. I absolutely love it. But I'm we need worst. people who are organizational. But we need people that are fun and creative because I'm not fun. No, <laughs> I am straight lined in just one way. But we need people that are hyper and fun and energetic and can and reach people that maybe I couldn't reach because I'm straight lined, right? Um, so I just love being a part of this team. And when, when I came on to staff, I told the staff that we're gonna stop using the name staff because we're a team. Hey. Because you know the word team, there's no I in that hey. word. And if you break it down as an acronym, which my dad always did, he's the other longhorn sitting over here. So if you see him. Together, everyone achieves more. Not on my own, we can achieve more, but together as right. a whole house. So that's, that's my um, want to do in this house is to help each yeah. of you to come alongside the vision that mm -hmm. Pastor Angie and Pastor Jason have to yeah. seek 
and find and restore the lost. But we need every hand hey. to make that load light. I love that. I love that. So Kendra, I didn't ask Kendra, wasn't that good? We need to pass like an offering plate right now or something. That was that good. But uh, Kendra, we are so excited. You said yes to this and and uh, thank you for making us better already. I just want us to pray over Kendra, if that's okay. Is that all right? So you guys can just reach your hands this direction. If you, hey, Charles, come on up here with your wife, if you don't mind. And let's just pray over this, this power couple here. God, thank you for your goodness. And we just sang that you're worthy of it all. And God, we thought back and we can trace how you have blessed us throughout our lifetime. You've provided, you've shown up in ways that we never thought were possible. Thank you. You are awesome. And we are so grateful for you, Father. And Lord, when it comes to Kendra joining our team, we are grateful for that provision as well. She is already in just a, the, these few weeks she's been with us, Lord. She's already made us better. She's pushed us forward as an organization. She's caused us to reevaluate why we do some of the things we do. And more importantly, God, how we can best build your kingdom. Because that's our goal. We're here for you, Lord. And we want to advance your kingdom. And so, God, I pray that you would just bless Kendra and thank you for how you've wired her. Thank you for the wisdom and, and the things that you've gifted her with that, that we're going to be the recipients of. And I want to pray blessing over her family right now because, God, I know that anytime you step up and become a warrior for the king, there's an enemy that's going to try to jack you up and knock you down. And so we pray against that. God, I pray a hedge of protection over the Hodgkin household. God, I pray that they would not be in need of anything. God, I pray that they would have peace. The shalom would reign over their home each and every night as well. But God, we are so grateful and thankful for them. And we look forward, we look forward to the greater things that are in store. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. That is awesome. Hey, thank you guys so much for that. And, and uh, it is good. Hey, worship team, thank you guys so much today for getting me all sweaty. You know worship's better when you sweat a little bit, right? And your heart rate gets jacked up. And, and, uh, but it was just a sweet, sweet, sweet time uh, today. Um, hey, do, do you know that God cares about your finances he does. It's a big deal. Some of y'all going, oh man, I'm glad he cares because I could really use some help right now, right? Did you know that Jesus talked more about money and possessions, or excuse me, yeah, money and possessions more than he did heaven and hell and mercy combined? In fact, 15% of Jesus's teachings had to deal with stuff finances and the things we own. Why would he talk about that so much? Why, why would finances and money be such a, a big deal to, 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 to Jesus, right? I mean, when we, we read verses of scripture like this in Matthew chapter six, verse 33, I mean, when, when we read that and apply that, what's, what, why would we need continual teaching on that? It says this, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So if I simply do and, and pursue God and, and make him first in my life, why the big deal then, Jesus, about all this talk about finances? Well, because Jesus understood back then, he even understood the times in which we would live in today. And he knew that even back then, just as it is today, that this area of finances and possessions and your stuff 
is an area of concern for a lot of you, is it not? We're just supposed to focus on the eternal things, right? Well, why do I find myself so worried about these things in the moment, in the here and the now? It's a struggle, isn't it? Right? Hey, finances matter. And I want you to know that I know people get funny when you talk about money, right? But today I want to share with you some things that I think can set you up so that these things of finances or possessions, those things that do not have to be a source of worry, do not have to be a source of anxiety for you. And, and, and I want to share with you today that if, if, if we can view those things through heaven's perspective, actually, man, I'm telling you, there's so much more for us. America is in trouble financially, is it not? In fact, some of us that are listening here today are just one paycheck away from financial disaster, are we not? There's struggles there. And we spend a lot of time worrying about how we're going to make ends meet and when's the next breakthrough going to come and, and how will we ever make it through? Well, I want us to understand something today, and this is going to be a discipleship moment for us in the house today. And when we talk about discipleship, listen, when we talk about being a disciple, just as Jesus chose 12 that followed him around for those three years here on earth. Listen, if I'm a disciple of Jesus, that means I want to follow in his footsteps. And I want you to know that I'm glad you're here. And those of you that are dialed in for us uh, online, that, that Jesus has a word for us. And he has great concern about where you're at financially. He preached about it a lot. He spoke about it a lot. And so today I want us to unpack a little bit and see how we can handle our money and our possessions the Jesus way. Are you with me there? There's so much in store for us today. The wisest man that ever lived, and it wasn't Alex Trebek, but one of the smartest people that ever lived. And he was awesome though, wasn't he? How many of you watch Jeopardy? Okay. All right, good. Just, I don't know why I said that, but I just wanted to know, but King Solomon says these words in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse 10. He says, those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. Hey, can I ask you a question? How much money would it take for you to be happy? Some of us have a goal in mind right? Dude, if I could have won that Powerball quizillions, I would be set. I'm telling you, there are documented stories and biographies of people that had everything in the world, but were miserable when they passed. And it caused so much dysfunction for their family that remained. Are you with me there? How much would it take for you to be happy? Solomon's telling us here, and this is a dude that had everything. Did he not? He had a lot of stuff. He had so much stuff. I don't know how homeboy managed it. I, I drive crazy. He had everything. But even he's saying, listen, there's not enough wealth to make you truly happy. Culture would tell us that though, right? If I just had more, more square footage, more horsepower, if I had more likes on, on, on social media, right? If I was verified, that truly is the sign of happiness, right? Not so, the wisest man in the world says. 
You know what makes a person truly happy? It's being a good steward with what God has already given you. Great or small, whatever God has already resourced you with, using that and giving that back, being what we would call a generous person with what God has already given you. Now, come on, you guys raised your hand earlier and said, hey, God's been good. He's blessed. He's, he's given me some things. Pastor Angie said, listen, if you're still here today, he's not finished with you. And that's so true. God is good to us. How are we managing what he's already entrusted unto us? I love this passage in the book of Acts. Can I, can I read this uh, passage? This is written by Paul. Paul is probably for the last time visiting with a group of people, a church that he planted in Ephesus. He's speaking to the Ephesians and, 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 and Paul, I think, is trying to get in every last word he can. That's Romans. Every last word he can to these people because he, he knows that he's not going to possibly see them again. Hey, can we just stop the bus right there? If you knew that this interaction that you had with someone in this room today was your last time, how might you view it and use it a little bit differently? Or that phone call that you make to a friend or your family. I, I visited last night with my father-in-law while I was sitting out on the, on the back porch. I was visiting with him and my mother-in-law's yelling in the background. You know, I'm like, I'm trying to talk to him, but I'm going to be in trouble because they're watching this right now. I love you all and don't forget me at Christmas time. But, um, but, but, but we're just, but you ever think about those times you have with people as they could be your last and how we ought to value and honor that a little bit more. That's what's happening here in Acts chapter 20. Paul loves this group of people, the Ephesians, and he started this church and he's poured into them and he's kind of wrapping up and giving them some last words. And I, and I love this verse 35. He, he's reminding them that, hey, listen, I've been a constant example of, of how you can help those in need by working hard. He's reminding them that, hey, when he was with them, he wasn't trying to be a burden to them. He wasn't trying to be all bougie and, you know, act like, hey, you need to cater to me. He's trying to remind them of how he lived his life. But then I love what he says here. He says, I want you to remember the words of our Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, those words are not going to be recorded anywhere in the gospel. Keep in mind that the, go the gospel writers were not able to record every single word that Jesus said, you know. That's why we have the chosen to fill in the gaps for us to show us what all the jokes were at around the campfire, you know. Uh, but no, I'm joking with that. But, um, but, 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 Evidently, somebody passed on to Paul oracly some words that Jesus said at one point. So someone told Paul, and you guys remember that Paul didn't start out, hasn't, wasn't a believer for the majority of his life. He was anti-everything Jesus, anti-everything of God, right? He was enemy number one to all things that God was all about. But somehow he got word of, of, of verse 35 here of some things that Jesus had said. Was it as they were just walking down the road or was it in front of a group of masses of people? Was it after that, that, that somebody had received a huge inheritance? Because we also know that there were times in scripture, in fact, in this very book of Acts, that when people lied about or tried to cheat God, man, bad things, whammy happened, right? Bury them in the ground. 
But yet he's remembering these words and he wants the Ephesians to remember some of these final words. He says, guys, I want you to remember. Remember what Jesus said. It's better to give than to receive. Here's the paradox for us today. Here's the paradox. And remember, a paradox is something that when you really look at it, test it, try it out, it doesn't seem like it would work or make sense, but it really does. It's a paradox. Here's the paradox I want us to catch today. If you want to have more, give more. Rewind the tape. If you want to have more, give more. Now, that does not make sense in our culture today, does it? We've been taught, bro, you better like pack money under the mattress. You better stuff it in coffee cans, dig a hole out back next to Fido, wherever you buried. And you better hang on and store up and save up, right? You better hang on to your stuff. That's what the world says. Hey, keep it. Keep it to yourself. Everybody else, good luck. You're on your own, Jack or Jill. You're on your own, right? I'm keeping mine. That's what makes this a paradox. God's economy operates a lot differently than the world's economy, right? Remember we talked about last week about the way up to God and great in his kingdom is to actually get on your knees and wash people's feet. Service is greatness in the kingdom of God, right? Remember I talked about how the first shall be last little prophetic last week because I prayed for the Broncos and the Bears, and they both won last Sunday. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. It's a paradox, though. The way that God's kingdom works is so different than the way that the world's kingdom works oftentimes. If you want to have more, give more. Why would I say that? Well, because Paul's reminding us of what Jesus said. And I don't have to go very far to remind all of us that is God not a generous God to start with? I mean, you all are quite familiar probably with the verse that says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It wasn't that he had 10 and he gave one or it wasn't that he had a plethora and he, no, he gave his only son. God's generous. He gave his best. He didn't just give a portion Norma, he gave the only one he had. And think about Jesus, that son. He, 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 he gave his whole life for us. Not just an arm or leg or a, a, a liver. He gave everything he had. He laid down his life. God's generous. Jesus is generous. Think about Jesus' ministry on earth. Man, time and time again, you, you, when you read about Jesus, you find him going to people and, and giving him their, his time. Actually, there were a couple of times in which Jesus was selfish when he went alone to pray by himself. Remember those times? And I'm, that's a joke. He wasn't selfish. He needed to get along to pray, right? But the disciples, hey, where are you? We woke up and you weren't here. Or, hey, why would you put us in a boat and send us into the storm? I mean, there were times, no, but Jesus had to understand what his father in heaven wanted him to do. That's why he prayed, oftentimes alone. We find Jesus being compassionate. He doled it out. Did Jesus not pass out compassion to people? 
Did Jesus not heal diseases? Did he not meet needs? Did he not feed people when they were hungry? Did he not give them another word? Did he not stay with him? Did he not raise some family members back from the dead whenever? Jesus gave himself completely, even unto death on a cross. And even in that moment, you find him still offering forgiveness to a thief next to him. You know what that means? That Jesus was generous even to people that had no time for him. Even to people who cursed him, made fun of him, nailed him to a tree. We still find generosity in this one that we say, hey, we want to be like Jesus. I'm a Christian, Pastor Gary. That means I follow in his footsteps. If you want to have more, give more. I believe the key for us receiving the blessings of God is to be generous people and have a heart of generosity towards others. Now, before you kingdom warriors start getting ready to send me some emails, oh, I knew it. You are preaching prosperity gospel. That if I just give more, my bank account's going to blow up. That is not what I'm saying. If God wants to do that, he could though. But that's not what I'm saying. But prosperity gospel is not, is, 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 I get more so that I can selfishly go and do what I want to do with my stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. In fact, can we just look at the Bible today? Because the Bible gives us incredible principles that prove to me that God wants to bless us whenever we give more. I'm not making this up. I didn't just Google Wikipedia saying, hey, what would be? No, I want us to look at scripture that validate what I'm saying here today. Look what it says in Psalm chapter 37, verse five. Commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him, and he will help you. Commit everything you do to the Lord. To me right there, we see this spirit of giving and generosity. When I have a giving spirit, when I have a heart of generosity, when I commit everything I do to the Lord, he shows up and he helps me. He helps me. He gives me what I need. Not necessarily what I want, but what I need. Are you with me today? Come on, somebody. You better talk back. I don't care that there's a football game going on in a few minutes. My team plays later and they play Kansas City. I already know that outcome. What'd you say? Yeah, that's all right. It's all right. First should be last, right? But if I have this generous spirit and a giving heart and I commit everything I have, hey, that's not just my finances, but what about my gifts? Kendra talked about how she's an organizational guru. I can't, I can't even spell organization. But she can. That's why I need her. She's stepping in and she's making us better. Are you with me there? She's filling in the gaps, right? But it's maybe giving my gifts, my talents. Hey, that's what I loved about last Sunday. So many of you, and thank you so much. You, you accepted the call to step up into this church and be a leader. Hey, I want to serve in the kids area. I want to serve in production or I want to serve in the hill. And Hey, I want to help with parking. I definitely want to work in refueling cafe. We have dipping dots there. Who would not want to work in refueling cafe? Come on, somebody shout out. 
None of us have said amen to anything else I said, but I mentioned dipping dots and like praise, mm, waving a holy hanky. I love it because so many of you said, you know what? I want to give back. I want to serve the Lord. I don't know if I have much, but can I just remind you something? It's not about how much you have, but it's what you do with what you do have. And let me just remind you, I think what it says is at Luke 16, I believe, Pastor Mark, that whoever is faithful with a little, much more will be entrusted unto you. Some of us may not have much. Oh, this is a drop the card moment. Some of us might not have much because we've not proven ourselves faithful with the little. I'm just, that's Bible. It's what the word of the Lord says. Prove yourself faithful with the little. Can I, guess, can I unpack it some more for you? Let, 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 let's see what it says here in the book of Proverbs chapter three, verses nine and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the, what part? The best part of everything you produce. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the leftovers. If there's anything left at the end of the paycheck, if there's any energy left in your bones after you've worked nine to five, no, I give God the best. I give him the first. I give him what's the best. Look what verse 10 says. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with some good wine. You see, when I give God my best, my time, my talent, my treasure, the promise is, is what he says. See if I will not, hey, I'm going to rain it down so much. Your barns, your silos, they're going to, your vats, your vats ain't going to hold it. I don't care how deep it is. I don't care how big the lip. I'm going to overflow. See, that's what God does. When we bring him the best part, he fills to overflowing. He fills with more than we can handle. And that might just be for some of us the missing link today. Because we're not giving God our best. I can sing, but you ain't doing jack squat with it. I, 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 I love to hang out with kids and, 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 and dance, or I love to tell stories in a creative way, or, hey, you know what? I, I think I could share some of my stories about what it was like during my teen years, but you know what? You're not giving any of that stuff away, and you're wondering, why am I so worried about my finances, and why is there so much anxiety about it? Am I going to make it through? You're not giving God your best part, you know? You're giving him the leftovers, or you're not given anything at all. So I want to remind you what the word of the Lord says here, that when I bring the best, when I honor the Lord with my wealth, he fills my barns with grain and my vats overflow with good, good wine. Hallelujah. Look what it says a few pages over in chapter 11. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I'm not even going to look at Bible commentary on those two verses. I think those are self-explanatory. Or does anybody need me to unpack that for you? 
I'm just gonna read it again. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Please hear my heart. I don't want us just to be thinking about money and finances. I'm talking about giving everything about us as well. Your wisdom, your compassion, uh, your time to somebody who's lonely. Please hear my heart on this, guys. Okay? And I'm tell- I just know that in my, in my lifetime, whenever I've given freely of, of what I have to offer, and you're like me, I, sometimes I wonder, do I really have much to give? Sometimes for me, it's just showing up. Can I, presence preaches. And sometimes just being there for somebody means the world. Somebody loses a loved one or somebody, sometimes you just being there is enough. You know what I'm saying? Don't need a sermon. Well, you probably should have done. No, don't. I'm just going to be present. Presence preaches. I know in those times in which I've stepped out and gone on a mission trip. Anybody ever been on a mission trip? And instead of you being the giver of the blessing, you received a greater blessing in return. Pastor Jared, you know what I'm talking about, right? Anytime you serve somebody and you give yourself away, it's amazing how oftentimes you're the recipient of an even greater blessing, right? I don't want to be stingy with what I do have to offer. Let me remind you, a little boy brought two fishes and a few loaves of bread, right? And multitudes were fed. Watch the chosen. You'll see it. Remember that? I don't have much to give. Where is food? We got thousands of people. We need a hot dog. Where is the food? Pastor, Rabbi, all we can round up is this little boy's lunch mom sent. That's all I need. That was the best that day. (laughs) That was all that day. And we still tell the story right now. What could God do through your generosity? What could God do through your giving for his use? Are you guys okay with that? And and, let me just remind you of something real quick. Ben, you guys can go and come up. Let me just remind you of something. God is behind everything you have. That car you rolled up in today, or that hoopty, whatever, he's behind that. That job you have, he's behind that. Hey, what you had for breakfast today, hey, guess who played a role in that? Not Betty Crocker. It's called Jehovah, Yahweh, God. He was behind that. Your family, your kids. Yeah, he had a role in that. (laughs) Big role in that. He created. God's behind everything you have. He owns it. And so it's it's really not this. I kind of said this in the first service, and I think I kind of like it. It's not that I give back to God. I return back to God what is his. What if we begin to see it's not about me giving It's about me returning to what he owns. I'm just managing his stuff. Dale, I'm not owner of it. It's his. If he's behind it, if he's generous and he's given it to me, I'm simply going to return to him uh, that best part, right? 
the best part. Wow. Giving. The last thing I would just simply say is that, 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 that giving helps us advance the kingdom of God. Um, that's why we talk about it on the screen and give you guys opportunities to return to the Lord what is his because returning to God actually helps us advance his kingdom you know just as you go to a business this week to purchase their products or their services when you do that you help them keep their lights on you help them pay their employees you help them you give them a little profit you help them continue the mission they continue to make hamburgers because of the burger that you purchased um they're able to continue coaching, teaching, offering medical care, whatever, because it's the same thing here that when we return to the local church, when we return to the house of God, what is rightfully his, it allows us to, what, to continue to send people across the street and across the ocean to tell of the goodness of Jesus. It helps us partner with organizations like an Operation Christmas Child. You guys are giving. I loved it last week. You had a family in this that were walking out with three shoe boxes. I'm like, hey, bro, slow your roll. Save some for the rest of us. And by the way, we had to get more boxes this week because this church is a generous church and you guys took up all of our boxes. I'm like, bro, slow your roll. You got three. You got two arms and three boxes. What are you doing? He said, pastor, I got three kids. And I want my kids to pack a box each. And I want them even right now to understand what it means to be generous and to give to others. Are you with me there? That's a good dad right there. That's what we ought to be teaching our kids. Not how to tick-tock and be a... No, we need to teach them generosity. Are you with me there? When we return to the Lord through this local church, it allows us to continue to partner with missionaries overseas. And by the way, we have confirmation that one of our pastors from Indonesia will be with us November the 12th. I can't wait for you to meet him. And you're going to get to see firsthand your giving, what it does. It allows us to partner with Hill Country Pregnancy Care Centers and the Hill Country Daily Bread. It allows us to partner with GoTel Ministries and send people around. Listen, I'm telling you, when we return to the Lord, the best part, and here's the deal. He breathes on it and he magnifies it in ways that we would have never been able to use it on our own. Now, let me just remind you, I don't want us to give or return to the Lord reluctantly because scripture is quite clear not to give under compulsion and, and to give cheerfully. You see, I ought to be excited when I get to return to the Lord what is rightfully his. When I, when I fill up the red boxes around here or when I go online and set up online giving, for us, it's the first thing. It's just natural. It happens. It just happens for us. We don't ever see it. We don't ever worry about it. We just know that, that this is what God has called us to do and we want to give him right off the top. But I don't do it begrudgingly going, man, I wish I had that money so I could whatever. No, it's, I'm honored that I get to partner with the King of Kings 
that I still get to be a part of kingdom work. That's why this place is such a big deal. That's why working with kids is such a big deal. Today, they're, they're getting to hear the story of Jesus in a way that they can understand and relate. It's a big deal. That's why your giving helps support Pastor Mark in our student ministry. And, and he's able to, to do things with students, <clears throat> to have a, a, a Coke. Y'all say Coke or soda or pop. You know what I'm talking about. But he can go and have a cup of coffee with a young person in Tymonine. He's able to, to run hard with the vision that God has for students here in the hill country. You know? That's what returning to the Lord does. And so I just want to encourage you that today, if you're worried about your finances and what you have, maybe today just understand what the word of the Lord is saying to us. When I give, there's something that I receive that is so much greater. And again, it's not a financial cash windfall, but it's more than that. It's joy, peace, happiness, contentment. It's knowing that I'm making a difference in someone else's life. Are you with me there? Hey, well, I want to pray over us today, if that's okay. And we're, can we sing? I want us to, to sing today. I, I, I love this song that we're going to sing about building your church. You know, there's only one institution that Jesus ever instituted, the church. And I'm grateful for the other ministries that I just alluded to today that are making a kingdom difference. And um, I know that we've got a JC from Kerrville Young Life is here with us today. JC, thanks for being here. Um, I'm grateful for the work that you do, bro, and um, for reaching students. But I'm excited to see what God's going to do when the people of God respond the way that we should to a generous God in heaven, right? And how much more is possible whenever we are the church that he thought of when he created it. So Lord, today I want to pray for a spirit of generosity in this house and God, that we would understand that it is a privilege for us to return to you what is yours. God, you're the giver of everything. You are behind. You are responsible for everything we have. And God, I pray that as people that are blown away by your goodness and your kindness and your love and your mercy and grace, may we return to you what is rightfully yours. Lord, I believe that there's more that you have in store for us. God, I pray that the vision of finding and restoring would be accomplished. But God, it can only be accomplished at the pace in which we set as individuals. Through our giving of our finances, using our talents and our gifts for your glory, the abilities, the things that you've wired us with, God. <clears throat> Lord, your kingdom advances at the pace in which we all get involved and use what you've given us. I want to let you know today that today is going to be a time of commitment. We've been talking for several weeks around here about um, partnering with this house and becoming a ministry partner here. And, and today is going to be one of those moments for you to respond. And 
Listen, I, I, I believe that every believer in Jesus Christ needs to be connected to a local church. First of all, you're going to make that church better because you're going to use your resources for the kingdom advancement. But we need one another as well. We need each other in our lives. And it's fun to be together with you and encourage you. It's fun to pray with you. It's fun to be in groups with you and study. It's fun to go and serve. It's, it's just better together, right? I think Kendra said that. Together, everyone achieves more. It's a team. And so today, we want to invite you, if you'd like to partner with this house, we're going to sing a song and we're just going to give you an opportunity to come and, and bring those commitments. I, I haven't asked for these commitments, but some of you over the last few weeks have already started submitting those and turning those in. Thank you for partnering with us. You're, 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 you're partnering with this house. You're coveting, covenanting with us to be the church that Jesus wants us to be. It takes partners. You see, partners participate. Partners are not just attenders. They're not just fans in the bleachers. You know, there were 22 young men or women on a football field Friday night. They were the ones determining the outcome of that game. Not the fans in the stands. Not the bands. Nothing against band, but they weren't playing the game. We need people that are willing to get on the field and get in the game in order for us to find and restore the lost throughout the hill country. If that's you, I want to encourage you today as we sing to just come and bring that covenant here and you can lay it here. You're all sitting on one, so. And we don't want to coerce anybody. We're not going to force you to, but if this church is not the place for you, hey, I want to encourage you to find a place. Yeah, I want to encourage you to find a place where you can use your gifts and abilities to build the kingdom of God. It's, it's interesting to me. I, I, I was reminded this, this podium here was, was the first preaching podium at 1910 Church. Actually, when we started, we were called Watermark Church, and we didn't have anything. We met in schools for about seven years, eight years almost, and we'd set it up and tear it down. But this is what I would preach from every Sunday. And it doesn't look like much to you, but to me, this is, this is special. I don't know how many Sundays I would lay the word of God out here and just try to be faithful. Just try to be obedient to what he was calling us to do. And we weren't a real church because we didn't have a facility, right? That's what everybody says. And you don't have a big fancy podium, no chairs on the platform, and you don't even wear a suit. What makes you a real preacher? But we were faithful. This was a sweet trophy. Someone gave this to us before we ever started. I said, hey, listen, we're, we're planting a church and we don't have a lot of money. Could, could, you, could you show us something that's kind of on the lower end here in your facility. She said, what are you needing? I said, I need a, I'm a preacher. She said, you don't look like one. I said, okay. I said, you don't look like a Christian either, but I, I did not say that because she was smiling and most time Christians don't look happy, but um, coach Gaffney, you know what I'm talking about, but um, 
But I said, hey, we're, we're, we're starting a church. We want to we wanna minister to people in the hill country. We want to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. She said, hey, listen, I got exactly what you need, and your money's no good here. And she gave us this, and I'm like, wow, I'm rolling, man. I'm going to be like Pastor Hagee next time. And this means something to me. It's small. It looks just like some old rusted piece of metal to you, but this is anointed. It's not much, but we try to be faithful. So I don't know why I said all that, but it's just a reminder to me of God's goodness. We're going to sing. And I just want you to worship with us. And if the Spirit of God prompts you to participate and partner with this house, we'd be honored. You need to know, though, that we're not content just to sit and soak at 1910 Church. The calling on this house is too great. There are lost people, that people that matter to God. And we're going to go after them. There's still some rough edges in our lives. Anybody still got some work that needs to be done? And so we're going to continue to show up week in and week out and try to help you. We're still going to pray for a move of the Holy Spirit. We're still going to walk towards signs, wonders, and miracles. We're still going to go across the street and across the ocean because we believe that Jesus is worth it. So if you want to be a part of a group like that, that's active and alive and not content, not done, I'd encourage you to come be a part of our team. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would do what you want to do in this moment. This is your church, Lord, and we are your people. Take over right now in Jesus' name.